Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. She burst on the scene as a teenager with the TV series Dark Angel, propelling Jessica Alba to magazine covers, TV commercials, and landing her roles in box office franchises like Sin City and as the Invisible Woman in Fantastic Four. Now she's morphed her career from acting to running a business empire. And as you're about to find out, that dream is now a half a billion dollar reality. We have two things in common. Do I get a hint? I find cooking really hard. I find it really stressful. Do you feel your life is in danger? And the love of my mother is what brought me here. What was the worst investment? Oh, there's a long list of really bad ones. Jessica Alba, welcome. I'm excited to get the chance to sit down and talk with you. Thank you for having me. So let's start with The Honest Company, your natural, non-toxic baby, beauty, and home care company. And, and, and let's talk about the arc of this. When did you first become concerned about all the chemicals and the products we all use? I think I didn't realize... Um maybe how troublesome the reality uh, of the product industry could be um, or really was um, until I researched into it when I was pregnant <clears throat> with my first child. I had an allergic reaction to a product my mom said that she used on me. Uh, it was really marketed to people to use on uh, baby items. And when I had an allergic reaction, I obviously, pregnant, I changed a lot of my habits. I, I really didn't want to take medication. I didn't want to take allergy medicine. I was afraid of taking anything that could possibly um, harm my child or alter my child's development in any way. I was really searching for a business um, that really stood for the values that I had um, around clean ingredients, transparency, and what was even in something, and uh, what, you know, was it safe? So how did that evolve into starting your own business, and why did you decide to call it The Honest Company? Yeah, I mean, I guess it, it evolved in my out of my frustration that I couldn't find a company that I could really look to to solve my problem. I tried to shop around the issue. I would import stuff from, from the UK uh, and from Europe and various countries where they had higher standards. And I just felt like they should be more accessible. This information should be more accessible. And I didn't want people to feel like, and I felt... What I felt, which was like a little bit defeated, that I was like making terrible choices and I didn't even realize it because I think you can kind of shut down. So that's where this idea of like, can I create a solution? So why did you call it the Honest Company? Well, my daughter, Honor, uh, she 
really inspired the company. And I just loved all of the values associated with the word, um, well, certainly my daughter's name, Honor, um, and the word honest. And um, I had some friends at the time. Um, we were brainstorming. We had a bunch of wine. And, you know, I had, I, I love. That's always a good time to make a decision when you're drinking. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. You don't have, you're not overthinking so much. And, yeah, I just really loved this idea around honesty and just everything that's associated with that word. And, wow, what, what if a company could really be genuinely and truly honest? Which raises a question uh, that people have raised about your company. Some critics accuse you of greenwashing, as you know, and say that you, you claim your products are more eco-friendly than they really are. And one of the things they say is that you have some of the same synthetic ingredients in your diapers as Pampers does. Is that true? It's interesting because we, we actually don't greenwash. I think there's a lot of like hype words that a lot of the competitors use um, because, you know, when you take a, a, a substantial amount of market share from businesses that have been around for 100 plus years, um, you then become the target. Yeah, there's going to be naysayers that are going to say things, but it's just simply like we've never said uh, that, you're, you know, our products are made from uh, something that grew in your backyard. Like we were, we're really transparent about the fact that like not everything in nature is safe and not everything synthetic is horrible. And it really is about um, a standard with toxicologists, a regulatory team, chemists, that um, really we built an honest standard that has a, a common sense approach um, to building out formulations that are more natural leaning for sure. But uh, like I said, we have to also just see, you know, is this depleting the, pal the planet of this natural resource? Um, and we think about that, you know, this certain ingredient, like what does it really do for human health? Um, is it really safe or unsafe? And is there another alternative that would be better? We'll always look into that. Um, and that's kind of how we think of building our, our products and, and how we go to market. Jessica, I want to ask you about your transition from acting to business. And you're not alone. I mean, it's so interesting. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and Cameron Diaz and, and others have done a similar thing. Why did you decide not, you're still acting, but to focus more on the business side? You know, I, t I did take a break for a while. I think <laughs> entertainment's interesting. Um, I, I loved, I love, it's like, it's like a passion of mine still is the ability to like tell stories and to be able to be someone else, frankly. That, that's why I wanted to do it in the first place. Um, but when I had my daughter, I think my priorities shifted a bit and I thought about my purpose differently and I really started to assess what was bringing me joy and what felt at that time a little bit draining. And I think at the time I felt a bit tapped out with entertainment, with where it was at. It was pre Me Too movement and I think, you know, this is a very different Hollywood today 
than it was 14 years ago. And I, you know, I just took a step back and kind of let it do its thing. Entertainment, it was really like, uh, the town was very different. Um, and a lot more toxic masculinity ran a lot of the decision making. I, I want to pursue that uh, because there was a lot of focus on your looks in your acting career. Mm -hmm. uh, here's a scene from the movie Sin City. Nancy Callahan, 19 years old. And here I was expecting a skinny little bookworm, maybe a bit too shy for her own good. So the question I have is, did that bother you, the degree to which you were objectified as a sex symbol? Yeah, I think it's funny because I guess I understood that I needed to help sell the product and they sell it how they do. So I understood it as a business decision and a strategy. Um, and so I was able to distance myself from it, but I guess you know, you can't change other people's minds about what they may or may not think of you. Um, it was what it was. It is what it is. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with being and owning your sexuality. I just, frankly, at that time, I was, I was, I was definitely not that person. I was very ah, um, nervous about all of that. Uh, and I was quite uncomfortable in my own skin. And I think it wasn't until I became a mom that I really started to even see myself as a woman or a sexual being or someone who owned her power and, and her femininity. Uh, at that time, I felt like I was very much um, having to put up this, this armor of masculine and masculine energy so I, I wouldn't, you know, be preyed on. Because there were a lot of predators in Hollywood from you know, age 12 till 26 when I, when I got pregnant with Honor. And How did you deal with that? I, I was a warrior. I, I put up that, I think my energy was really like, ugh, I was really, I was really tough, man. Um, I, I cursed like a sailor and I was very, I, try, I think I tried to make myself as um, unavailable as possible so that I wouldn't be taken advantage of. Another one of your big roles was Sue Storm, the invisible woman in the Fantastic Four. Take a, take a look here. It's nice to be wanted sometimes, Reed. To be seen and heard. Look at me. I can't. What do you mean you can't? Look at me! Sue, look at your hands. <gasps> so how did you reconcile this fact that on the one hand, your looks helped your career, sure. but on the other hand, you were not comfortable exploiting your looks? I don't, I don't know if I wasn't comfortable exploiting my looks. I think it was the the yuckiness as to which it was kind of framed because I actually I don't think it's a horrible thing to be like I said a, a sexy or sexual human great that's how we populate this world um, but it's not the only thing that someone could possibly be there's ha there has to be more to somebody than just one thing and I think sometimes if 
if there's an emphasis to around just one thing, it's, so, it's almost like the lowest common denominator. And if people just sort of uh, judge you based off of a lowest common denominator of um, what a lot of people say, you just feel really kind of uh, dumbed down. Uh, and it. It, it's not dynamic or complex. Which you clearly are. Oh, thanks. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish. Celebrities of all kinds are speaking publicly about their therapeutic trips, so to speak. It turns out there is a burgeoning industry ready to serve the new influx of people who find themselves turning away from traditional mental health therapy. The gap between what we know and what we don't about psychedelic therapy. Listen to The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish, on your favorite podcast app. You grew up in a traditional and conservative Mexican-American family. True story. What, what were you told were the expectations for you? Not a lot of expectations other than, like, hopefully you'll find, you know, a good husband that'll take care of you. That, really? That was that was a judgment from my grandparents, not not a bad one because that was frankly the reality that they grew up with, um, and and uh, and they worked so hard to get to where they were at in their life, and they dealt with so much racism and segregation. Um, I mean, this California was still segregated until my dad was five, and he remembers uh, being told that this water fountain is for whites only and he asked his dad what does that mean because it was before he could read really he would think he was four or five but he said his dad said uh, don't worry about it let's go over here um, and so you know growing up with that like shame that you don't deserve uh, to be here um, I think it really and and there's no space for you I think it really affects your psyche let me let me pick up on this because you say that your family lived in survival mode, paycheck to paycheck, and right. that when you were pursuing a career, you had one goal, which is to be financially secure. Yeah, so I didn't have to live with that scarcity and that survival so that I can breathe a little bit and give myself room to dream, frankly. Um, but my mom's white, and so she was living inside of this very Mexican family, um, and she always, and my father did, it's weird, because my father, I think he always had this sort of like, he was living between a machismo kind of Mexican thing, but then also he said, you can be anything you want, don't bow down to a man, don't feel like you need to um, compromise who you are, um, and you can be anything and do anything um, well, let, let, that you want to be in life. And my mother actually encouraged me in that way, too. I don't know if they were living that reality for themselves, but they certainly encouraged it for my brother and I. 
by your early teens. You're doing TV commercials. And you're also uh, got a role on a TV series, The Secret World of Alex Mack. Take a look. <laughs> I'm watching you, Alex. I know what you're up to. I didn't do anything. Hello, you're a seventh grader. You don't have the power to do anything. And if you do decide to go to the dance tomorrow night, I suggest you stay out of our way. I hope you were acting when you were such a mean girl. Oh my God, yeah, because I was being bullied every day in middle school. So it was fun to be able to channel the people who were making my life a living hell. <laughs> was that the fun of acting for you, just to be somebody else? A hundred percent, yeah. I grew up really sick. And I was—I spent a lot of time in hospitals, and I had a, quite a few surgeries, and um, I didn't have a lot of friends, and I was always a little weird. I was always kind of eccentric. I could always relate more with adults than kids, um, and so, yeah, I really wanted to be somebody else. The fact is, you had severe asthma, you had allergies, you had yeah. kidney problems. Yeah. How did all of that shape you growing up? I think it's, it's, I was very isolated. Um, I think you can have the like, why is this happening to me conversation in your head over and over again, which I did. Um, and, and that victim thing. But then it sort of became like, I don't know, kids kind of like thrive in no matter what, if, if they, have space to do it, and I and I spent a lot of time in my head, and I spent a lot of time watching movies and TV shows and reading and and really diving myself into other people's realities and believing that that was possible. And so I think all that daydreaming is really what drove me to have a fearlessness that I could possibly create my own reality. In 2000. You got your big break when James Cameron chose you to play the role of Max Guevara, mm -hmm. a genetically engineered soldier in the TV show Dark Angel. Yep. Take a look. You lack that professional edge, Bruno. Any real pro would have popped me the second he saw this thing going sideways, but you're still standing there with your thumb up your butt. It's pathetic. Pathetic. Did you realize at the time that she would be seen as a symbol of female empowerment? I didn't realize at the time how she would impact so many people. I just knew how she impacted me. I was, I felt empowered. I felt seen. Jim. James Cameron. James Cameron was so generous and chick Charles Egley, um, they, they really built the entire show around me and allowed me to kind of have like a peek inside of what it means to like have a seed of an idea and build it from scratch. They gave me that seed at that table and, um, and, I, and that experience never left me. So I think I walked in from then on with a swag or like a, I stood up differently and I felt like I, I belong there, no matter how much anyone tried to tell me that I didn't. And, uh, and certainly being seen by Jim at such a young age, um, it, that really, it, it changed. It Even changed though you're me. a business 
mogul, you still do some acting. In this context, how do you choose which roles you want to do and which ones you don't? I think like would it be fun and <laughs> I think about like I don't know we don't have a lot of time here on this earth uh, it goes by really fast kids are like the best mirrors uh, of that and reflection of just time it's wild how fast it goes and I think I feel I understood mortality the second I brought my little Honor, who's now taller than me into the world. And I, I just think about what I think would be fun. And if I'm going to put my time and my energy into something, am I going to vibe with the director? And are we going to have a great experience? And, you know, does the character really line up um, and the story line up with something that I could care about? But you can pick and choose now in a way that you couldn't earlier in your career? Yeah, I mean, I did pick and choose earlier in my career, but I, but the picking and choosing now is a little different because I don't, it's not, uh, it's not my only way of being able to, you know, make money and it's not a financially driven decision where before it was 100% financially driven. You're 41, you're happily married, you have three kids, how has being a mom changed you? Mm. It really connected me with my femininity and what that means and my, I think, my true power uh, as a person that's here for a reason um, and get me out of, frankly, me being in survival mode and worried about a bunch of other things that don't matter. Um, and trying to live inside of a super hardcore like world where I, I felt like I was so disconnected from my truth. I think that being a mom really helped me get closer to my soul and my truth. You talk about having grown up in financially modest circumstances. How do you guard against your kids taking for granted the much more comfortable circumstances that they're growing up I in? I wrestle with this and I try I try to like I try to get them to understand a reality that's just frankly not a reality that they'll ever understand and I I really wrestle with this one. I don't it's not possible for them to understand what it was like for me or what it's genuinely like for other people. Um, and I don't know now if they ever really need to see the sadness or the hardship um, that that brings out in people. I don't know if it'll make them a better person. I think more importantly, I really, really want them to have empathy and compassion and a humility um, and really operate in the world with kindness and gratitude. You mentioned your oldest child, your daughter, Honor, who is now a teenager and, as you say, taller than you, 
How's that going? <laughs> She's cool. You know, I think I my intention, I guess, and when, when I would pray, I always do prayers with my babies at night, you know, when we would have our alone time, um, when I put them down and sing with them and, and pray with them. And I always prayed that, the you know, our ancestors and the angels would watch over them. But then I always held the intention that they would be better than I was. And I hope that, you know, they have the wings I, that maybe mine were a little clipped, mine were a little smaller. Uh, and I just hope that they have, like, just the, the energy underneath them to soar. And, you know, I went through what, what I went through, so they never have to go through that to get to fulfill whatever it is they're meant to do here uh, while they're here, so. Finally, your career from acting to business has taken an unusual path. Where are you today, both in terms of the honest company and in terms of Hollywood? I have an incredible new partner, CEO, Carla Vernon. She's amazing. This is just like such a, such an amazing time for the business and I think it's finally um, moving in the direction that I always hoped it would. Um, and Hollywood? And Hollywood is interesting. Um, I'm kind of learning how to be in a, in, a, in a mode of receiving but then also a mode of creating and building and I think uh, I was so used to kind of the rat race and, you know, so grateful for the, you know, the opportunity. And now I'm just like, yo, like, how about we can just be civilized with one another and we can talk about what a great business partnership this could be, how you can benefit and how I can benefit from this, and we could both do something good. And so I just have, like, a different approach and understanding of what's possible for in entertainment. Jessica, this was... Fascinating. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Wow. Coming from you. <laughs> In 2021, Jessica made history becoming the youngest Latina ever to take a brand public when the Honest Company was listed on the NASDAQ Stock Exchange. Not bad for someone who is tackling business as a second career. Thank you for watching. Catch us every Sunday night on CNN and keep streaming anytime you want right here on HBO Max to find out who's talking next.